Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Intention. We are back with another episode for you this week, and today we're talking about small space living. Both Beth and I live in smaller apartments at the moment, along with doing the bulk of our work from home, and we have a few years experience of what we, I guess you could call tiny living. We wanted to Mm -hmm. share how we navigate that, talking about both our work and our personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. We know that living in a smaller home can have its harder moments, especially if that's also the place you work. So we are also both pretty active people. And the question has really always been like, how on earth do we sit and work at a desk for hours on end? Mm -hmm. Um, If you've ever had any questions about small space living, working from home, and also staying active while having a more office-like desk job, we get into all of that today. First, before we do that, in place of our community news segment, we wanted to do something a little bit fun and share a book haul. We both Mm -hmm. recently just did some book shopping, and if you were around a couple episodes back, which one would that have been? Our our first episode, our very first one, introducing us. We talked about whether we read or not. We talked about how I'm a reader. I grew up a bookworm, but I haven't been reading the last couple of years just (laughs) because, I don't know, I haven't. And Beth's never really been the biggest reader. But we both talked about how we want to be reading more. Uh, so I kind of, I went on a little book haul the other day when, uh, Chris and I went through a bookstore and picked some stuff up and I have a few picks of what I'm going to read next when I'm done with the book I'm currently on. Yeah. So I wanted to share that and the haul was Beth's idea actually. So Beth, if you want to. Yeah, it was funny because you posted on your Instagram stories like, oh, a couple of books I got. And then as if you are listening and you listened also to our first episode, you know that I am not an avid reader. In fact, I'm not even a reader. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been trying to get more into reading reading and I have a I, like I don't read a lot of books at all and I usually tend to read things like health books just from back when I was in college for my major I really love like books about diseases and about like naturopathy <laughs> so super weird but I've been trying to branch out and read more like business books that will help me in my entrepreneurship so when I saw that you were buying books I had just literally the day before been at a thrift store when I was in California photographing weddings and I like took a little break went thrifting and bought like way too many books, but they were all books that had been recommended to me before by other entrepreneurs. So Mm. yeah. So well, cool. Let's just jump through. I guess let's go back and forth and we'll just each share some of mine. Like I said, one of my books I'm reading and then the other ones are stuff I've gotten either the last couple days or the last couple weeks that I'll I'll share. So I'll start, I'll start with what I'm currently reading. I tend to read a lot of fiction. Fiction is one of my most favorite ones, but I do do a few like sort of self-help uh slash like faith-based ones so I've got a few of those but what I'm reading right now is a fiction one it's called The Whisper Man it's by Alex North it's a murder mystery and it's young children going missing in a town and uh the basic story is like this happened I think like 20 years ago in this town Oh my gosh. And it follows this police officer who worked that case, never found out who did it. So he's just been like tormented by it for 20 years. And then it just happened again 20 years later. And he's like, they're not getting away with it this time. A young boy, the same age, went missing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm about halfway through it. 
and it's really good. I like the writing so far, and I, I haven't found out any of the mystery yet, so I'm excited to keep reading this one. Oh my gosh, dang, that sounds intense. Um, so the first one I'm going to share, this is one called Girl, Wash Your Face, and I know, funny little title, but this one was actually recommended by Evie Rupp, Evelyn Rupp. She, oh wait, that's not her last name anymore. Oh, Evie uh, McLeod Thank is her new yes. last name. Oh my yeah. gosh, she goes by either, I suppose, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I think one of her, yeah, exactly. I think her Instagram might still be rough. Either way, but she's a business entrepreneur. Probably, if you follow us, you probably know of her as well. Um, but she recommended this a while ago, and so it's actually been on my wish list for a long time. And um, with books, I have like a wish list, and if I see them at a thrift store, that's when I grab them. So this one's just about um, – how you can kind of drown out the lies and like the uh, intrusive thoughts as a business owner or as an entrepreneur and really just like become the person you're meant to be. It's a very inspirational. Ooh, I like that. Like kind of like a girl boss one, you know, so. Cool. My next one, it's a faith-based one and it's called The Purpose Driven Life. And it says, what on yeah. earth am I here for? So it's basically just about like getting in touch with the Lord and with um, support groups around you for like your purpose here on this world and like how to reflect the Lord the best during your time here. I haven't read this one yet, but this is my next one after I finish my novel. And uh, my mom gifted this one to me a while ago, but I, I really like um, missions-based, like faith-based ones. So I'm excited to pick this one up, but that's my next Ooh. one. Oh, and the author is Rick Warren. Okay. That's awesome. That actually leads uh, really well into one, the other recommendation I had. Um, I just finished reading with Chad, the screw tape letters. And if you've never read them, you probably heard about it, but if you've never read them, it's, or it, it's a book. It's phenomenal. It's basically the, view of the world from like a demon's perspective as crazy as that sounds it was written by c.s lewis and it's like a classic it's phenomenal it's unlike anything we've ever read and it's crazy how it just pinpoints how a person can slowly um just kind of walk away from the lord's path and like how it's really subtle and all the ways that like demons can tempt us and we don't even realize it and how even good things can get in the way of you know our path in life so really crazy really good very gripping so that was my second one wow that sounds right up my alley and i think i've heard you talk about that one before so i should i should add that to the list read it with chris yeah yeah i should this one is well i guess this is like a bonus one this isn't in part of my haul but that reminded me chris is currently listening on audiobook to the 12 rules for life by jordan peterson mm, and he'll play that one sometimes like while i'm just cleaning or whatever so i haven't heard all of it but that one's i think known to be one of the more phenomenal books yes. ever read so we have that one going on audiobook mm. these days as Love well it. nice Cool. I'll I'll just share another one since that was yeah. like an oh, interruption. No, you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, sure. The next one, I am excited to start this. It's a historical, f- I think fiction. I don't know if it's a true story. I believe it's a historical fiction. It's called The Last Train to London, and it's about a Dutch woman in um, Nazi Germany, I want to oh, wow. say, or just generally Nazi Europe, taking place in 1936. She herself doesn't have any children, but she is risking her life to smuggle children out of Nazi-occupied oh. lands to take them to London. Uh, and I love wow. a good historical fiction. So yeah, that's oh my, my gosh, next that's... one that I'm excited to open. Dude, that's amazing. I love that. Um, and I only have a couple left, so I'm just going to re- read through them sure. real fast. Um, so uh, the first one is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And it's about 
um, how willpower and simple discipline can like change your life and change like your business and change your happiness and all that stuff. So I'm super excited to get into that. I've always felt like I don't have as much like personal discipline and willpower as I could. Um, I noticed Mm -hmm. that in like college too, like Chad would be really good about sitting down and always doing his homework. And I was much less inclined to always do what I needed to, to do when I needed to do it. And the next one is, um, this one's a health food book. It's called the sacred cow. I have read this. This is phenomenal. It basically talks about how well-raised meat is actually good for you and good for the planet. It kind of debunks the whole myth about vegans who say they are vegan for the planet. Um, Mm. this is really just kind of like a, like mind-blowing book so yeah there's that and the last one is just girl boss it's called okay it's literally you're gonna laugh at the title don't judge it's called it's literally called hashtag girl boss that is the title of the book but it's about a girl who was homeless and she went from homeless to like a millionaire so super phenomenal story it's more of a fun read but also kind of um applicable it's it's not fake it's a a real story so and that's by right sophia amaruso and that's oh, also cool. if you want I have heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then if you want to finish up with yours too. Yeah. I'll rapid fire the last of mine. That does remind me. I want to get more of the entrepreneurial ones. I've been recommended so many and I don't have any. So oh, yeah. book haul part two coming soon. And we for should real. follow up whenever we finish any of these two to yeah. let people know. Accountability this- for me, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this next one was a, was a Chris pick uh he picked this out the other day but i'm really excited about it and the book looks really pretty but it's simple japanese furniture 24 mid-century products for your home so chris has been for those who don't know does carpentry so he loves all things building and he picked this one out but we actually it kind of is on brand with today's episode we talk about it later but we really like japanese decoration and furniture and when you flip through the pages of this for those for everyone who's listening and can't see i'll just describe (laughs) it to you it's basically like a grown-up lego book like it shows you exactly what your wood pieces need to look like the exact tools you need to make them and then how exactly they fit together so it's really like i couldn't care less about building stuff and i was flipping through this thinking it looked interesting and uh chris has talked about once he actually wants to build for our house (gasps) so i was like i'll take that oh my gosh yeah so simple japanese furniture uh there's no author really it's a company it's it's called group mono 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 is the group name who makes it nice that's one that's like yeah not a reading one but like a building one but i'm excited about it i love and then the the one i'm most excited for to share i got this for chris's birthday but it was very selfishly for me too (laughs) to get him something else but (laughs) it is called the encyclopedia of country living the original Ooh. manual for living off the land and do it yourself. Shut up. Beth, yes. you're, you, this would be right up your alley. Chris oh. and I have been really big into researching like homesteading and yeah. the best way to live off the land from like slightly off to land to like fully off grid. We're really interested in stuff like that. Yes. This is by same. Carla Emery. It's huge. I'm showing it to Beth right now. It looks like a dictionary. It's like, yeah, it's freaking huge. And the front, I'll just quickly run through some of the things it tells you how to do. Uh, It gives you step-by-step instructions on how to live sustainably, raise chickens, mix herbal remedies, plant in your garden, build a barn, mill your own flour, forage, Mm. make soap, preserve fruits and vegetables, deliver a baby, learn beekeeping, spin wool into yarn, make sausage, tap maple trees, milk a cow, create natural skincare products, and make cheese, and more. And I, I... it's an encyclopedia, like it's instructions, but I actually want to sit and read it because uh, yes. she goes into super great detail for all of it. 
I'm like Dude, beyond stoked about this one. My mind is blown. That looks phenomenal. I'm I'm hooked, dude. Now I'm like super interested in that. And yeah, it's you on totally, Amazon. You know. Yeah, it's on Amazon, and I was gonna order it, but we came across it. It was the only copy in the bookstore we went to the other day, and I was like, mine. So, <laughs> whoa, what a steal! And for those of you who are listening, of course, um, we know we just rapid fired a bunch of titles, so we are gonna be taking pictures of these books and putting them on our Instagram, so you will be able to screenshot ones that sound interesting to you. So go yeah. ahead and check that out, and hopefully, we can keep sharing books we've been liking. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, if you guys like this, let us know. So I figured the best way to kick off this episode, uh, again, we're talking about small living, working and living in a small space. So I figured we'd roughly describe our current living situations. So you don't have to go into too much detail, but Beth, would you mind starting us off with kind of what is your home like in Hawaii right now? Yeah. So our home is a small one bedroom, one bathroom. Um, It's a pretty open layout, but very small, simple design, which I like. Um, It's smaller than the last place we lived. We had a one bedroom before, but it was almost like 700 to 800 square feet, if I remember correctly, which isn't tiny um, for a one bedroom apartment. Um, And this one, I don't even know what the square footage is for this one, but it's very small. It's like half the size of our last one, um, if not less. And uh, yeah, so this is just a very small, simple layout, um, has everything we need, but you know. yeah, for sure. Our space right now, it's, yeah, it's pretty small. I want to say it's around 400 square feet. If even that, it might be slightly under, uh, it's a, it's part of a complex and it's on the basement level. Uh, so mm-hmm. we only have two windows in here and it's like, it's southward facing. So only sometimes mm-hmm. during the year that <laughs> we really get light in here. Actually, right now is a great time in the year. In in the evening, the sun comes through really beautifully. But for most of the year, we don't get the most sunlight. But anyway, there's that. Other than that point, I've actually really loved this apartment up to this point. Like, it it's housed Chris and I just fine, and it's all good for two people. But I've kind of started to notice its size in the last few days. Uh, it's one bedroom with right. a really small but really really cute little kitchen like all the appliances like the stove and the fridge are um small sized mm. so it looks pretty cute actually and then it actually yeah. has a really gen- generally spacious living room so that was nice we totally decked out the living room because we have people over and stuff so that was nice but because yeah. of the larger living room it has a really small kitchen bedroom like everything else uh is a a little bit smaller but yeah about 400 square feet ish and up until this point I also lived in a small apartment that was maybe 450 square feet more 420 square feet so and that's kind of where I moved into when I moved out of my parents house so and I've lived in community settings with roommates so it's been pretty much my whole adult life has been in smaller spaces Oh, right. And I forgot to share too, like my previous living situations. I've I've lived in everything from like a big house that I grew up in, but then also I lived in a studio dorm room, a dorm room where I had like five roommates, um, then one bedroom apartment that was like really big mm-hmm. and then like small one bedroom apartments before this. Right. So Beth, what would you say are some steps you've taken kind of in general, but this home specifically or yeah, what are some steps you've taken in making your small space a home? First, no matter where I live, um, I always immediately turn it into my style. Like not only am I very picky about where we live, um, like I make sure that has like my main three basics, which is like wooden floor, white walls or walls that I'm allowed to paint white and then lots of natural lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, this place had all three before we moved in, like ready to go. Um, But I do my best to lighten the place up. So again, I make the walls white, minimal 
decor. I don't really wait to make it all feel like me. Um, I know some people like wait to decorate, but I do it literally as I'm unpacking. Mm. Um, and I don't like being in a place that doesn't feel like me. So that's probably one of my big motivations for that. Um, I also make it as convenient as possible, you know, doing things like fixing anything that's broken, any functionality improvements, um, anything that may be like structurally goofy, just all those like things that are probably maybe, you know, assumed, but just stuff like that right away. I also get a routine down as fast as I can in my new home when I'm going to wake up, uh, when I'm going to do the laundry and dishes and clean surfaces. Like this is like my home care routine that fits into my work routine also, which we'll talk about later. But like every home layout is different. And so I've especially noticed that when I'm in a smaller space, like the home chores that I do, like dishes, laundry, sweeping, all that stuff, it might look different for each like place. Like right mm -hmm. now we have wooden floors and also because we live by the beach, we get lots of sand. So I had to incorporate things like sweeping every day into my like routine. So I just try to get these routines down pretty early on because it makes me feel more in tune with my home. And like, I've actually like adopted it as my own. Um, if that makes sense, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I just really get it down early because especially the cleaning part, cause I can't start my day without cleaning. Um, I actually read a study in college and I feel like you either already know this or you'll be really interested in this. Um, I read a study in college that said people who make their beds in the morning first thing, like first thing that they do, they experience like a surge of dopamine in their brain and it's like small, but it was significant enough to actually like change the reward system in their brain for that day to not be triggered by productive path tasks mm -hmm. rather than like lazy ones. So I can make some more productive th for the day. So just kind of like overall, I make my space look pretty like my style and then try to get like a actual routine down to make it feel like I've lived there forever. Yeah. I remember you telling me that and I've started to do it. I'm not the best at it. Like some days yeah. our bed definitely goes unmade. But again, because this is a small space and I see our room all the time when it's messy, I'm just like, Ugh. like, yeah, lately I've had to yeah. make it before I can start. If we were in a bigger house and the room was like up and around and I didn't see it. But yeah, yeah. anyway, that totally makes sense for me. And I remember that about you too. Like you've always been really good about making a space yours and like stewarding it and just taking care of it is kind of how I like to okay. think of it. Uh, for me, <laughs> when it comes into moving into a new space, Chris and I kind of do all the stuff together to set up for it practically. Ooh. Yeah. He actually, it was funny when we moved into this space, this, this was the first space where we lived together and I thought I was going to do yeah. everything. And then I, I was like knees deep in editing around that time. So he just put the stuff up and I was like, looks great. <laughs> like, Don't care. It's all I good. I love that. I learned this tip a while back that I'll expand on later, but essentially we pick one space that's the most important part for us because with small spaces Ooh. and limitations, we're, it, every room's not going to be our dream room, you know, until we get to build yeah. our own house. So we pick the room that's the most important for that and set that up first. So for my apartment back in California, I loved the bedroom in there. And mm -hmm. when Chris lived there for a little while, we repainted it because it was my parents' property so we got to paint it we decked that room yeah. out with like pretty lights and a tv and nightstands and made it look all nice for this apartment it's definitely the living room because between our circle of friends we're like the house that people come to so it was uh it was important for it to like be our living room so for this apartment and our future homes yeah we definitely pick the space we're going to be spending the most time in and then we also, yeah, have to make it feel like us. And sometimes this means risking our rent deposit and putting art on the walls. Uh, <laughs> we both paint. We both collect yeah. things. Uh, I used to be a more like minimalist style person, but lately like people on who are on my business Instagram can see our apartment's pretty kooky right now and I really like it. We put art <laughs> on the walls. We display little things we've collected 
And I really like that. We we thrifted all of our furniture and stuff and we didn't stick to general colors. We just kind of picked things we liked. And then naturally yeah. as we placed them together, we've been figuring out that we like that more like eclectic style that I guess is a more like home decor yeah. discussion. But anyway, yeah, so we make it feel like us as well. It's just kind of a little different than you because you like clean and minimal and we're just kind of like, let's put our stuff yeah. everywhere. And then also yeah. like – I'm a naturally messy person. <laughs> Beth would be aware of this, but it's very easy for me to let a space get messy. Again, you and I are so different in that you're so good at cleaning right away and I'll just yeah. live in my own filth for a while. It's not that bad. Oh, I've gotten a lot better into no. adulthood and marriage, but yeah. um, I've oh, noticed yeah. that if I can get 15 to 20 minutes of cleaning and tidying in before I start my day, my day is yeah. definitely more set up for success. And then Chris gets to come home to a somewhat okay home and I'm not stressed as we work. So yeah, those are little things we do, I guess, as we move in. And as I manage it, just trying to clean a little bit each day to keep up with it. And then we also do a purge of all of our stuff, I would say about twice a year. So clothes, decorations, dishes, like whatever we're not using about twice a year, we try to thrift all that because we like to collect stuff, but we don't have the space to collect it all. So you got to get rid of some stuff too. Oh, I love that. Purging is so like therapeutic. It feels so good when you're able to do that. Yeah. So kind of going off, those are our general routines, daily things that we do in those spaces that we're in now. What would you say with where you live now is kind of your biggest con as far as space and organization? Like I mentioned above, I think I mentioned it right. We downsized with this place. So the biggest downside was actually storage space. In our previous place, we had like um, a huge closet and then we also like a couple of closets, but one of them was really big. And then we had an entire loft that we used for storage. Um, with this current one, we have like half the amount of storage. You know, like I said, we love it. We love the layout. But with it being such a simple and open layout, we have one closet. And then I have mm-hmm. a – I bought like a cabinet that I use as a closet as well. Um, so – but again, that's probably our – our biggest con right now of where we live, just so small on the storage aspect of that. Uh, so yeah, and, you know, and I'm just like, like I'm kind of a wannabe minimalist. Like my style is definitely minimalist, but I like to hide the stuff that I have <laughs> in closets to make it look like I don't own anything. Yeah. So, but I definitely need closets to do that. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so what about yeah, you? Yeah, we have like zero storage place here, and I'll I'll get onto that. Yeah. But my but my bigger con more so than that is actually specifically our bedroom. I hate it in there. <laughs> Like like I said, we decked out our living room. It's nice and big, but that means we lost space in our bedroom. And there's just, we've tried so many things and there's no way to set it up nicely for two people. Because initially Mm. I wanted our bed and then a shared dresser to be at the foot of the bed. And the day we moved in, we realized that room wasn't big enough to do that. So now the dresser's like alongside. And so one side doesn't have a lot of room. So we haven't even bothered, like there's no decorations in there all the mess stays in there, which is fine because our relaxing time is done out in the living room. But yeah, if I could just get a few more feet here and there in the bedroom, I feel like I could make it look nice. But that's, that's my least Mm. favorite part of it right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's hard. Especially when you go in with vision, and you're like, I got this. It's a small space, but I'm prepared for this. And then it's like just a little even smaller than you thought. That's, that's really Mm -hmm. hard. Um, Okay, but On a more positive note now, what's your favorite aspect of small living, like where you are now or just in general? I do love the simplicity of smaller living and I love that it prevents you Mm. from owning too much. Like I said, I, I, we collect stuff and artwork and books and stuff, but I still do like to be a minimalist in the sense of like, I don't want things that I'm never using to just like stack up and you really can't do that with a small space. Like I grew up in a bigger house 
with just like things everywhere. Yeah. So I like the simplicity of, yeah, it prevents you from owning too much. People have asked, like sometimes we complain about the storage and people have asked if we want to rent a storage unit. And I'm like, nope, if we need extra storage, <laughs> we have too much stuff. So I like that we Ooh. have everything we need and it's close by. And even if we got the opportunity, because obviously we want to be homeowners someday, I don't think I could mm -hmm. see us moving into like any kind of mansion, even if we had the opportunity to. I think we'll always live somewhat small. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I, for sure, I would say my favorite part is some like specific like features that you can find, even like kind of the excitement of like being able to figure out that you can still have some of your favorite things, even in a small space. It, it's just really inspiring. So I definitely like what you said. And then I guess to get a little more like, just not to say the exact same thing as you, because I totally agree. That's one of my favorite things about small living. But if I had to choose something different, it would just be how inspiring it is to have to kind of problem solve with small spaces. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, but also appreciating that you can still have like the things that are important to you. Like I've, you know, we have big windows, we have wooden floors, you know, light walls. So just kind of like, yeah, just still feels like I have a beautiful home. Um, and it makes me feel like when we are homeowners, because like you, we want to be homeowners eventually. No matter what it is, we can make it look like ours because we've had practice doing this. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, and you're super, you're really good at that, probably even better than me. But you've, I've seen all the places oh, I don't you've know lived and you've always just gotten like, even if it's a little corner of like, this is me, the rest of this place is kind of gross, but this here's me. <laughs> like, yeah, that totally makes sense with you. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to just like you were saying, narrow in on one part and like pour all your love into that and just pretend the rest of it does not exist if you can't fix it. Yep. Anyway, so I know you sort of touched on this, but Ayla, would you say you prefer to live small? <sighs> yeah, I go so back and forth. This question is such a toss up. Mm. For the last few years, I would say yes. I think it's good to mm. learn how to keep your belongings to a minimum. I think it's good to learn to be thankful for like the few things that you might have and the little bit of space you might have. Um, and to only truly keep the things that you really love or use every day. I've always been interested right. in like van life, nomad life. I have gone months with just yeah. a backpack of belongings and it's so fun and adventurous. But I think now as I settle into marriage more and we talk about having a family, my brain is shifting more into wanting a home. Not a mansion or anything, but also not a 400 square foot apartment. Like I'd like to have some rooms. Yeah. Chris and I also have lots of hobbies. If we were super boring, a place like this would work. But we have hobbies that require oh things to collect that we're making work right now. But I would love to just have space for all of our hobbies to go. Yeah. So as much fun as it is to not really own anything, I, I'm feeling ready for a house at some point. Yeah. What would you say about you? I actually don't know this about you, but do you do you like small living or... I would actually say no, definitely not. Like I said, mm. I can be positive about it and I like some features, but I do not prefer to live small. Like I said, I agree with you about what you just shared and the benefits. And I'm proud to know that I have the ability to transform any space, no matter how small, into a minimalist aesthetic home. Um, but I've always wanted to live in a large house. I would say Ooh. I probably prefer an above average size home. Um, I remember when I was younger, I used to get a lot of comments from people like adults or like moms and stuff who would say like, yeah, well, you want to live in that until you have to clean it. And it just makes me laugh. It made me laugh then and it makes me laugh now. I love cleaning. And you know this about right. me. I love cleaning. I literally can't concentrate to start my day until I have cleaned something. If I'm stressed, I need to clean. If I can't focus, I need to clean. If I'm bored, I love cleaning. Mm. So I actually think I'm the kind of person who would do fine in a large home. Um, I know people who say that just – 
really show I think that they don't know me. They're just yeah. like, oh, you you would like it until you move in. I'd be like, no, I'd be thriving. Yeah. And I also grew up in a pretty big house and I cleaned it from top to bottom by myself multiple times. I would sometimes do it when I was bored or as like a gift to my my parents. I'd be like, oh, I cleaned the whole house from top to bottom and I never once hated it. So yeah. 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 We did both grow up in bigger homes. I actually remember one day you text me. Your whole family was gone because you had siblings and your parents and stuff. So it was like rare. You yeah. had the house to yourself and you were like, I have the whole house to myself. I'm going to clean it. And you were stoked and I was like okay <laughs> oh my gosh no way I think oh, you said well, you're I'm not surprised busy. I'm cleaning that. the whole house and I get to clean it the way I want and I'm so excited and I was like okay oh no oh my gosh you're exposing me it's so true though you guys it's so I true. used to invite yeah, you over so funny. to like that. help me clean too whenever I had oh, it that was so fun in high school if I had to clean my room or in my apartment yes. or whatever, if I had organized, I'd be like, do you want to come hang out yes. and help me clean? And you were like, yes. yes. Dude, those are some of my favorite texts to get from you. I mean, I love all the other ones too, but when you say, oh, like when I have a cleaning day, I'd be like, I'm already there. I'm on my way. I'm bringing every single thing I can. Yeah. Let's go. And you, and you made it look you. so you much like- better. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But I feel like there are probably times where we're like, okay, this is good enough. I'd be like, no, keep going. Like, I don't even know. It was, it was so – I'm sorry if I traumatized you at no, all, but I loved it was that. <laughs> I do remember uh, I'd be like, I, I think we're done. That. And you were like, um, no. <laughs> I'd be like, did you check behind this? I was like, have you ever actually like, you know, peeled behind this wallpaper to clean it? I don't even know. Yeah. It's, it's bad. But that's interesting. Anyways. I didn't know that you would prefer like a big house because – uh, I yeah. grew up in a big house too, and I remember I just hated cleaning it. I mean, yeah, I'm not a natural yeah. cleaner. I, I do it out of necessity, but I hated cleaning it. I hated all the yeah. hidden like crevice, crevices where things could just be gathering dust. We've been getting mm. really into traditional Japanese homes and minimalism lately. So I yeah. really like that concept of only keeping what you use, but I do like displaying art and knickknacks. So there's kind of a balance to find, but I've been really into some of those homes where it's just a giant like paper room with just a floor bed mm. in the middle of it and that's it i'm yeah. like oh, wow like that looks so nice so we've kind of been like i think in the oh, next yeah. place we get we might try to channel a bit more of that but uh yeah Ooh. just generally smaller that's fun oh i like that yeah i like a lot of aspects of like i don't research it as much as you but like i know there's a lot of like modern japanese home styles and a lot of minimalism but especially like the ultra functional designs yeah. and like, appliances that i love there's just no waste of like space or waste of um anything i feel like in in a lot of japanese designs so yeah like yeah and i know like i'm not quite on your level of cleanliness and organization <laughs> like i said always <laughs> been a bit messier but i now like the last even the last few months like working from home more i have liked cleaning and organizing now more than ever because our space is so small it feels like i'm taking care of it yeah. and like this is not my favorite yeah. place i've ever lived by any means like <laughs> maybe I'll, yeah mm -hmm. maybe i'll like share some of the photos of our place because i think it's cute but it's also not my most favorite place but yeah. still it's like a stewarding thing for mm -hmm. me like we're thankful for where we live kind of no matter what it is so little tasks like cleaning and yes. organizing it's different when you move out and you're with your own you're on your own or you're with your spouse it's all your stuff it's your responsibility to keep yeah. it up and having that set in really really helped a lot yeah Ooh, I love that. That's such a good point. Like the feeling like you're stewarding it. Um, and speaking of taking care of your space, uh, we both brainstormed some specific tips that can help you maintain peace of mind and productivity, you know, while you're living in a smaller situation. So even if you're not tiny living, if you're in a regular sized home or even just a slightly smaller home, you know, these are practical tools that can help you 
um, with or help you make your home like peaceful and a more restful place. Hopefully these tips apply to everyone from homeowners to van lifers. So let's get yeah, into sure. it. Sure. I ended up with a lot of tips, so I'll rapid fire through them as quick as I can. Okay. Uh, I know there's lots of home, home organization like books and documentaries and it's been floating around, floating around for a while in the last couple of years, but we took a hard look at what we like to do as we live in these small spaces. So there's hopefully there's some tidbits in here that you've never heard before for general small living. So I'll mm-hmm. kick it off. Like I said, I shared this in the beginning, but pick the space that you value the most and spend the most time in and let that space serve you the most. For Chris and I, mm-hmm. that's our living room. That's where we hang out to relax. That's where we have people over. It's ideal to get every room, you know, looking the way you want it. But if you can only prioritize prioritize one be it like the space that's most important to you that you feel the most comfortable in and relax in for some people it's their bedroom for some people it's the kitchen they love cooking and that's where they unwind and relax so deck out your kitchen if that's for you or when you're looking for an apartment find one with a better kitchen maybe a smaller bedroom or whatever that looks like this might not be for everyone but I value this one quite a bit Talk with your – if you're living with a spouse or even a roommate, but typically like in your marriage, talk with who you're living with about what's important for each other. In our apartment, we don't really get our own spaces. There's no room for a man cave or, you know, a she shed or whatever people are doing. Uh, Right now, Chris and I fully share this apartment. 100% of this apartment is each other's. So, yeah, so there's no space – to create like separate ones, which is, which is okay. Luckily we get along really well and that all goes well, but honestly you learn to share and you learn to share styles as much as I have like a style that I would love to do. I don't want to give him not a say. There's some husbands that like, you know, wouldn't care and be like, yeah, you decorate it. That's fine. But again, Chris and I are both like pretty creative. We value art. So I liked having his input in how we set it up and it felt fair to him, you know, maybe in life, We've talked about having a room where he can have like, well, both of us, I say he, but I mean both of us yeah. can have all of our like nerdy stuff and like Lego statues and movie posters, like all the quote yeah. unquote unesthetic stuff in this cool den while the rest <laughs> of the house looks a certain way, right? Like yeah. that's a dream we have for now. That's cool. But uh, yeah, day to day, you're sharing 100% of your space. So be willing to just kind of compromise. And we do have some tiny things that's just our own. Like I have my desk for work. And I, I, when we set it up, I was like, I don't want this to become like a place where we dump mail or dump random things like this has to stay clean. And for him, he's got a dedicated area of our storage closet for like his tools, his work supplies, and I don't organize that. He organizes that. So there are like little things that are just ours. It's just on a much smaller scale, but overall be willing to share and compromise. Uh, This might sound obvious, Mm -hmm. but see how you can use each and every space try new things, try moving things around in a way you might have not thought before because you might stumble onto something more creative. Like we have a really small kitchen with not a lot of counter space. We thrifted this cube shelf. So it's just like a square with little cubes in it for stuff. We moved that into our kitchen to get additional storage. We display our fancy like ramen bowls, some glasses and stuff on that, but it also became an extra counter and kind of like expanded our kitchen and made it bigger. So right, like we took a living room piece of furniture and moved it into the kitchen and it made our kitchen bigger. So look at every single space and see places that you can get creative with it and utilize everything. There's no such thing as blank empty space in a small space. Usually it has something uh, that can be used. 
it's okay to have hobbies that'll take up space. You don't always have to be a true minimalist, but just learn how to store those pieces and treat them well. If you have printed photos, books, again, things for your hobby that you value, but you're worried they take up too much space, it's not even like you have to have them on display, but it's it honors the items that you have more to treat them well. Even if it's in a box and just put somewhere safely, it's better than it just being scattered around and like cluttered. So the things you do own, treat them well. Purge your clothing and belongings often. I touched on this, but at least twice a year, if not more, we go through our clothes and everything and get rid of what we don't like anymore or aren't using. Uh, we plan out our decorations and artwork because we, we collect so much artwork. It could be easy for it mm -hmm. to get cluttered, but we go section by section along our living room walls. So we kind of divide it up into different places and then decide what would fit well there. When I first moved out, I just put stuff up willy-nilly as I felt, and it got really cluttered and stressful very quickly. But if you kind of plan out your artwork and your knickknacks, you can make it look really fun but not cluttered. And overall, right. uh, let's see, be willing to let some things go. There are just some things, if you're dreaming of a bigger space but you're in a small one now, there are just some things that aren't really going to be. If you're a van yeah. lifer but you dream of having a walk-in closet, you're not going to have that right now, and that's okay. Just, yep. you know, you can dream for bigger and better things, but it's okay to just accept some things aren't going to happen right now. And finally, uh, get yep. outside. <laughs> Don't be in your small space all the time. Get out yeah. into the, the bigger space. I uh, Winter in Canada, I go a little yeah. bonkers because it's cold outside, so I'm in here a bit more. But we still try to find other things like shopping, the gym, something to get us into a bigger space. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are really good about that. You have all your things that you do all the time. Like you guys go to the yeah. gym basically every day and you're really good about being intentional about that, like even better than me. So I'm working on getting better about getting outside of right. my small space too. Um, okay, so let's see my small space living tips. Um, number one, uh, this one's kind of longer, but I'll try to explain it well. And that's don't underestimate the power of things being hidden mm -hmm. <laughs> and how a minimalist space can make your mind feel also clear and more focused. This is why I personally, and this is just me, but it's from trial by error and learning through my experiences. This is why I don't do any open shelving. I don't do like any uh, decorating with like what I guess you'd call like knickknacks and stuff um, or even a lot of things in my walls in the form of like pictures or stuff like that. Because when I personally live in a small space, I find that like more stuff makes me more stressed out and that the less stuff I have showing, like even decorative stuff, the like the less I have showing, the more right. clean it looks to me. So during high stress times, I discovered this because like I was, well, I'll actually explain it in a different way. So like during high stress times, this can make you and your brain feel more cluttered. So like if you work from home and you've just had this feeling forever that you just can't concentrate or you have a hard time focusing, or you feel like you spend all day cleaning, but it never actually feels clean or looks perfectly organized, then try minimizing the look of your space. Try if you can do, um, take some things down or stuff like that, um, you know, or hide things. So like if you have things in like clear bins or clear, like clear, tubs um, or something. what do you call it? Like clear yeah. doors to cabinets and stuff. Yeah. Like try doing ones that, are, mm. that you can't see through. Something as simple as that can help if you can hide what's inside. It can make a space look more organized. And again, this is just me. And for anybody who has an issue with stuff making their brain feel cluttered, not everyone's like this. My sister is actually um, my one of my sisters. She 
loves she's a designer and she can make a space look so good and beautiful and her style is actually similar to like you Ayla where she likes decorating with stuff she likes actually having beautiful things Mm -hmm. around her and stuff that she likes and enjoys and things that make her happy it doesn't matter how much I like something if it's like sitting on a shelf it bothers me and that's frustrating I had to learn that about myself but when I did figure that out it felt like so many like problems were lifted Mm. out of my life. So figure out which kind of person you are. Are you someone who likes certain decorating styles, even if you're still figuring out what it is, but if you like stuff and you can have it around, even if you don't like how it's decorated, but you know, you like it, that's great. And if you're someone who needs to have nothing around you, figure that out and fix that as soon as you can. That's a good way. Then the next thing. Oh, sorry. You know, that's a great way to word it because the way you described it made me think I was thinking like, yeah, I like stuff, but how do I like to be? And it's so funny because I actually get more distressed by an empty space. Like our room right now, I hate it because we don't have anything on the walls. It looks unfinished to me. It looks unlived in, unmoved into. So I prefer like Mm. not everywhere. Like I I don't go crazy with stuff on the walls. Open space is definitely still a good tool. But generally, if I see certain spaces like near a window that's empty, I'm like, oh, I could put a painting there. I can put this. And if I don't do any of that, that's that is. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important that you figure out which kind of person you are because neither is wrong. And you can no matter if you live in a small space or a big space, you can do either. And so that I'm telling you right now, I discovered that I started discovering it around like high school and I really was able to kind of describe it and fully understand it in my own brain by the time I went to college. And it's hard because not everybody understands, but I have to have an empty space. I have to, I, I would have like mm-hmm. minor panic attacks uh, when like anything else in life was going on that was stressful or schoolwork or anything like that tests. I couldn't, I would, it was, I would, I guess my way of getting through emotional stressors was to get rid of stuff. And that's kind of when I figured out that clutter stresses me out, period, even if it's stuff that I like. Okay, next one though. Moving on. I'll try to be faster through these next ones. So things that can fold, wheel around, things that have dual uses are really important. So definitely Mm -hmm. like think about that. Um, Choosing for me, again, this is me personally, choosing a color scheme. For me, it's a neutral color scheme um, and try not to choose too many colors in that because if you have a small space, if you choose like 10 colors, it can all like look like a thousand colors. So for me, I choose white and then a light a natural brown color and that's it those are try I try to make those like the only colors that show in my home again that's an extreme version not everybody's like that but uh yeah I think over the years studies have really proven to that like caring about how your home looks isn't vain it's not all vanity that it actually affects like the chemistry of your brain and the ability to focus and be productive and yes even your dopamine right. levels so again figure out which one you are if you like a decorated space with lots of stuff do that you know well organized stuff do that or if you like a minimal minimalist space do that um, and actually kind of funny because I'm like the opposite of you on this, Ayla. I actually have a storage unit. Right. And I love them. <laughs> I again because I have to have stuff, you know, like I need items, like there are certain items you need for your life. And for but your they business just don't fit in my yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, I do. It is about 80% business stuff, like props and stuff like that. But even so, even before I fully had all that stuff for a business, I did have a storage unit when I lived in a dorm in college. But it was really cheap and everything. But right. it had like a couple furniture pieces in it and stuff like that. But anyways, so um, if you really need a minimalized space, it's okay to maybe get a storage unit. Right. But again, know yourself. Know if you'd rather save that money and have a personal rule for yourself. Like you do, Ayla, where like, no, I don't want to become a hoarder and have like a storage unit and then start collecting stuff I never use. Mm-hmm. Um, so know which kind of person you are. 
Um, and then when something comes in, something goes out. That's yes. another rule for me. So my rule, I've had this rule since college. I really enjoy thrifting and shopping in general, um, became my stress reliever as well in college, but I lived in a studio dorm room and clutter, like I said, made me stressed out. So my rule was however many items I brought in, I also had to get rid of that many items. So mm-hmm. if I bought five shirts, I had to get rid of five items. It doesn't have to be of the same kind. It doesn't need to be five clothing items, but it just needs to be five items. Um, so that really helped stay organized because I knew, you know, you can do your like yearly purges or like your seasonal purges, but this helps kind of maintain it uh, in the long run. So lastly, I would say narrow down what causes or exacerbates your stress and what brings you joy really marinate on this. Mm -hmm. Seek to really discover this. Cut out or fix what causes you stress and then find ways to enhance and bring more of what causes joy into your home. Nice. I like that. I like – it goes along with that classic one that came out a couple years ago, but like whatever sparks joy. And I know that doesn't resonate for – Yeah, Marie Kondo. Yeah, but it really resonates for me when I'm decluttering. Like even though I like to keep certain books and stuff, when I hold it in my hand, do I feel anything? And sometimes it does come down to that. You can't find yourself able to like get rid of stuff. So I liked that. One tip that I forgot that I'll just throw in real quick and then we'll move on. Uh, I was going to let it go, but it's semi-important. But uh, set a cleaning routine and stick to it daily, weekly, and monthly. Yeah, Daily, Mm. I I do not deep clean my house every day. Like, you know, but there's stuff I do every day. I'm working on my bed every day. That's one that happens every day. Uh, yeah. Dishes after. I'm trying for every meal, but at least at the end of the day. Because I will cry if I wake yes. up and go to a kitchen full of dishes, even if they're my own and I did it to myself. Oh, so uh, make yep. a bed every day, dishes done at the end of every day, and just sweeping our kitchen floor at the end of every day. Because, again, I'll I'll cry yes. if I go in there and there's crumbs, like whatever. So, like, whatever <laughs> stuff really bugs me every day, that's what I'm doing every day. Weekly will yeah. be more of, like, okay, the vacuum, wiping down surfaces, and then monthly is, like, the stuff we barely touch. So daily, weekly, monthly – set your routine and stick to it. It doesn't have to be insane, but do a little something. It'll be so much easier than when you're suddenly in a space where you can't see your own floor. So yeah, all of those Mm. are- Wow, that is awesome. All those were such good tips. Beth, I loved yours as far as like kind of how much decor can play with your psychology. And there was stuff I didn't know as well that I'm curious to kind of look into in my own home. So before we get to the end, I kind of wanted to rapid fire off. I wanted to also make this episode talking about working in our small spaces. Work from home as a topic can be a whole thing we can talk about and ways to create productivity in that. And there's all kinds of tips for that. But I mostly wanted to do if you're someone who works from home and is in a small space or is generally working on your hobby or whatever in your small space, if it involves your work life in your personal life. What are things that we do and some advice that we can pass on? So like that balance of home and work in your small space. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think you actually should just start with that because I know you have some really awesome tips for this. Sure. Yeah, I'll jump right into it. Uh, Yeah, and then you can follow right up. So I'll start with a couple. The main thing I needed when I went full time with my editing was an office. In case you're new here, I'm a private photo editor for photographers. I've been doing it for almost three years now. And for the first two and a half years, (laughs) I didn't have an office set up. So I was editing from the couch, which I I actually did that today. So not to knock editing from the couch. Sometimes (laughs) I definitely still do that. But edited from the couch on the floor at our coffee table. 
from my bed, all these things. But when I went full time, I was like, I need an office. Obviously, we don't have a second bedroom yet. So we delegated just like I'm sitting in it right now, a little corner of our apartment. And like I said, it's a place that doesn't get touched by anything else. So no mail, no clutter, no anything is allowed to touch this one because then I hate having to clean it before I start work. So anyway, I'm a big spaces person and this can apply anywhere in your work, even if you do have to edit from your couch and that's your only option. Have a space where you go to work every day that's not the same space where you sleep. So as much fun as it would be to edit from your bed I don't recommend it because that's your rest space so create a workspace yeah I think that's a really good point Uh, my first work from home balance tip would be to uh, start your day early um, but also find out what sleep pattern is just best for you um, that makes you feel energized throughout the day if you need to like sleep journal um, or journal your energy levels for about a week to figure that out then go for it for me, it's going to bed around 10 p.m. and wake up around 7 to 7.30. I kind of need a lot of sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a morning or a night person because honestly, I just need a lot of sleep. <laughs> My so, yeah. schedule is about the same. I do like 11, 11 to 7, 7.30. Mm. Yeah, I don't need to be up that early by any means, but I just, yeah, I just do. Well, I found, this goes into my next tip. Uh, My next tip is doing a little bit of cleaning before starting work. So I found if I wake up just about 20, not even that much, 20, maybe 30 minutes earlier and unload the dishes from the night before or wipe down my desk or something, if I can wake up to do a couple tasks to make sure my space is kind of reset when I start, that's been a game changer. Oh, absolutely. If you hadn't said that, that was absolutely going to be one of my tips too. Um, And I guess similarly on those lines, um, if you're your own boss at home, then be a boss and have high standards for yourself. Keep your workspace really clean and really organized. All these things we're telling you, if you're your own boss, then be a boss girl or guy. And really make sure that you have high standards for yourself. That's amazing. That goes into my next tip. We we're oh, vibing. Yes. <laughs> right <now>. Mine, <laughs> I said, definitely have a morning and night routine slash open and close. So mm. I worked in customer service for most of my working life. You open and you close. There's things you do to get started for the day and there's things that you do to end the day. And I've always really liked that routine. Like when I close a shop where I work, it's closed. Then I go home and work's done because I closed it. So have like, Chris and I call it the yeah. the open and close shift. So I, I've been waking up the forum the last couple of days. So I come in, turn the lights on, wash my face, change into something else. Doesn't have to be, you know, business professional, but change into clothes right. that I can work in. And then at the end of the day, you know, close my computer, turn my desk lamp off, like pack away all my stuff, like reset it for the next day. But there's just like, and it can look different for you. It can be a little bit of cleaning. It can be a shower. It can be a walk, whatever. But something that you do always before you start work and something you do to end work to tell your brain we're starting, we're stopping. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And so my next one would be ignore personal calls and texts while you're working on a work task or just during your general work hours. If you hold office hours in your home, then, uh, you know, set the standard for yourself to not get distracted. Um, And it also lets your family and friends respect your job and your office hours too. Yeah, I like that. For mine, it's again, for the entrepreneurs or kind of self-employed ones in the room, try to give yourself a full weekend. I know it can be hard. Mm. Try to give your 
yourself a Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes when I when I'm in the midst of fall wedding busy season, I I have to work on a Saturday too, and that's okay. Like I'm okay with those hours. But as much as possible, try to give yourself a full two day weekend. I even like to break it down like Saturday is my catch up errands cleaning day and my productive day. And then Sunday is like, I don't lift a finger. You know, Chris and I do our church. We come home and we relax because we've cleaned and set our week up for success the day before. Then our next day can be rest. And that's the way I recommend doing it the most. (laughs) Might not work for everyone's schedule. A lot of people might be a lot busier than I am, honestly. But that's what's been working really well for us. Um, okay, let's see. Another one from me. Uh, this one's a little bit different. I know some people like going and working at a coffee shop or a library um, and nothing really against that in general, but I personally don't like doing that because um, it makes me get into the habit of feeling like I need to be away from my home to concentrate. So what mm-hmm. I learned over the years for myself is that uh, when my job centers around me needing to be home most of the time, I find it harder to work from home when I leave to work. So for that, I've had to make the hard but beneficial choice to limit where I do my work to just home. So I don't go out to like the pool and edit anymore. I don't go to libraries or even though, or coffee shops, even though I will say working in a public library, like the vibe is unmatched. I do love Mm -hmm. that and miss that sometimes. And I guess on occasion I'll do that. But uh, yeah, I try to not let my brain think that I have to be away from my home to edit. I went through the exact same journey recently when I was before I had an office Ooh. set up and I was I was only editing part time, but still every single day of work I drove to this shop and it was ridiculous. I drove yeah. to like the other end of our city. It was like a 20, 25 minute drive because the shop is great. I still oh, wow. I'll still go there every now and again, but I was going there like four times a week yeah. because, yeah, I couldn't work at mm. home. So I, I just went through mm. the same thing of like having my office set up and I was like, OK, you you're going to learn how to work from home. And this that's where all yeah. these tips came from of like I had to learn, oh, apparently I yeah. can't work when it's messy. Oh, apparently I can't work with this. So I, yeah, turned my home into that. I still like to get out when I can. But yeah, you totally have to retrain your brain to be like, no, nope, we don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to buy a coffee. You can like recreate yeah. all of that at home. And with that, yeah, like I recreate kind of a work day the best I can. So if that's like a walk, like I'm walking to work, or if that's making a coffee or a tea, or even just like a fancy ice water so I have a little beverage to have, like whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's so weird what little things kind of drive forward the work day. For, and that's for me. I just do like a bunch of, a bunch of yeah. small things. And that's kind of basically like my last little tip is have start and end times. I know I don't always stick to this, but I have my office hours up on my website and I stick to them. I'm in my desk working by nine. Once 4 p.m. hits, I am not. Sometimes I go outside of that for busy season. Sometimes I start earlier in the morning, but just like generally give yourself times because your brain loves routine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I have a couple more tips actually. Yeah, sure. uh, so let's see. Um, Another one is that I think it's really important to watch your eating habits. It can be really easy to kind of eat out of boredom or eat because we can and snack all the time when we're home, working from home too all the time. So try to make sure you still stick with regular just breakfast, lunch, and dinner or however your eating is and um, try not to get too crazy with food. I definitely like went over our food budget <laughs> when I first started working from home back. I think it was back in California because yeah. um, I was just literally eating all the time 
And so, yeah, that was hard. Also, little tip for you, if you're feeling really, really snacky, but you feel like you shouldn't be hungry, like it just doesn't make logical sense, you might just need to drink water. You might just be yeah. thirsty because sometimes when we're thirsty, we think we're snacky. Right. Um, did you have another one, Ayla, or do you want me to go on with mine? Uh, yeah, ones? no, I'll throw one more in there. The The food one's a big deal. Like I have a lunchtime and like it's so general, but I take it at noon. Noon happens and I'm like, okay. And I take a lunch and I move away from my desk and like watch a video or something, mm-hmm. but I, I treat it like a like a break. And That's then good. oh, this one, get out of your house again when you need when you need to, especially when the weather's nice, guys. We just hit we just hit spring here in Canada yeah. and I just want to be outside all the time. But I like to try to start yeah. outside in the morning, even if it's just like a lap around our building. I actually love running my errands before I start the work day. So I don't always have errands, but if there's a big shop day or taking out or recycling or something I need to do, I'll do that at the start of my work day at like 9 a.m. and go do those because it gets me out. It gets my blood moving and it makes me again accomplish a task. So it makes my work day start later, but then I don't have errands looming over me to do at the end of the day. They've already been done. So that might be a niche one. I don't know if everyone would do that, but if I have errands to run, I run them when my work day starts. Oh, no, I do that too. I love that. I just feel a lot better in every way if I've gotten out of the house first thing. So yeah, I agree with that. So let's see. I just have a couple of more. Um, one of them is to get fully dressed in the morning, mm-hmm. even if you aren't going anywhere. I know that it's so tempting and even I don't follow this perfectly. It's so tempting to just stay in our PJs or wear comfy clothes, but getting dressed to the nines and I'm talking full professional outfit down to the shoes. If you do that in the morning, especially if it's a day where you feel like you don't really have a lot of motivation to get work done. If you do that, you may see that it kind of turns your day around. So don't underestimate the power of that. And then my last tip, I'll kind of finish it up with this. And it would be to sit down and think about what your dream work from home life would look like. You know, would you be waking up early and then cleaning, working from 10 to 3? You know, would you have your lunch break outdoors? And then would you be making food in the evening? You know, like maybe a really big like gourmet dinner every night and then reading a book and finishing off your night with like a skincare routine Mm -hmm. or hair care routine, whatever your luxurious dream is. Like what is when you close your eyes and you think, oh, the people who work from home and have this lifestyle, I want that. If you're either transitioning into working from home or if you do now, but you're not feeling super like you have a good flow in it, envision what it would be like, write it down, think about it, and then start taking steps to reach that. Yeah. Uh, make small everyday changes to your routine and your habits until your work and life flow from home looks like how you want it. Yeah, that's a great point. Like I, on my business page, I follow some of those like work from home influencers. I know it's not the best com- like content because it can bring about like comparison, especially people have these gorgeous houses and you're like, what do we even do? But sometimes <laughs> I find myself being drawn to the like, making my cute little coffee before I start work or yeah, going to the gym midday and all this stuff that I can find really, really nice. And even though their life might, you know, quote unquote, look prettier than mine, I'm like, what can I do to get that same feeling? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is like some days I just pour myself a black coffee in the morning. That's good. That's all I need. Let's go. Sometimes, yeah, it's like, let's make myself a fancy iced tea. Let's top it with this. And you don't have to spend a lot of money on stuff. But for me, it's yeah, like little treats throughout the day that match what rich successful people are doing and not in a comparison way but just like oh I see that for myself like I see waking up like what you said I see waking up early I see getting off and taking my dog for a walk like 
And not just sitting around hoping that you right. do that. But yeah, make the list of exactly of what your goals look like. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that seems like a wrap on today's episode. We hope we get to hear some stories from you about how you work and live well in a small space. If there's anyone out there who truly lives in a van, I want to hear what your life is about. Even if you're running a smaller home with children, whatever your life looks like, if you've got any tips that we missed that, yeah, we didn't get to share, go ahead and comment on our Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast and shoot us an email as well. And we can also continue to benefit from your good ideas. Absolutely. All right. See you next time. Bye.